Hey, we're here with Stephen. Happy 100. That's right. It's our 100th episode, and we've brought back Shelly from Conquest Journals. Hello. So, Shelly, we know that you have had a lot of movement going on. So why don't you introduce yourself, your house, and let's go with your favorite magical creature. Okay. Um, I am Shelly Harper. I am one of the owners of Conquest Journals. We're an officially licensed brand with Warner Brothers for Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, Supernatural, um, Friends, Rick and Morty, all kinds of things. Um, our biggest, obviously our biggest brand is Harry Potter. I am a Slytherin and I own it even though I was kind of like upset at first, but I own it now because that's what's given me my ambition. And um, my favorite magical creature, I, I have to say Buckbeak. I mean, majestic and fabulous and, you know. So since we've last talked, you have a lot of new products that have come out. So we're just going to dive in and start talking because one of the things I've been seeing a lot of lately is your travel journals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a really um, interesting story because the travel journal is a good five years in the making. When we first, we were first licensed with Supernatural because we were doing Supernatural conventions and so forth. Um, and then we were given the opportunity to pitch for Harry Potter. Um, and we did part of that pitch was a travel journal for when you go to Universal. Um, And it was, you know, like I was thinking of like a spiral, kind of a smash book situation. Um, And and we pitched that originally, not realizing that sort of the consumer goods group is completely different from like the theme parks group. And so once we were awarded the license, I was like, okay, let's make this travel book. And, you know, it, it was like, oh, no, no, you have to go talk to these people over here. Um, and, and we did, but what they were first interested in uh, were actually our planners. So our first planners that we made, the, one of the very first two products we made for Harry Potter um, was our 2019 planner. And that that was sold in the parks. And that was really exciting. But we thought, okay, now we can make a travel journal. It still, it still wasn't, um, I don't know if it wasn't the right construction we were thinking of or whatever. But being a planner person, I really got into that whole community of decorative planning. And they have what they call traveler notebooks or TNs. And a lot of people do their planning in those because they can go in their purse and everything. And I was like, we need to make like a for real travel journal that people who want to plan can use it. And people who want to scrapbook their trips to the wizarding world can have that and make it into this really cool thing. So it took a long time, obviously. And the first couple, <laughs> the first couple of versions, we used artwork that we weren't allowed to use because it was like for, you know, packaging or a store display or something. So then we had to like start all over. And we find that a lot of times our first initial thought, and we think, oh, this is gonna be so cool we have to go down this path and then we end up somewhere even better. And so that's how we came up with the travel journal. Um, So we're selling it uh, directly um, on our website and on Amazon and um, it's going in Barnes and Noble stores. So we just shipped them out last week to the Barnes and Noble store. So we're super excited about that. And, you know, I hope, I hope that Barnes and Noble customers um, love them and embrace them, you know, So I don't know how long it'll take them to get them out on the shelves. You know, the whole world's under a shipping crisis. So we just don't know. Well, speaking of infrastructure crises, Mm -hmm. um, although one for the positive, I think, if Instagram tells me enough, is since the last time we talked, which the dear listeners will know was episode 38 back in September of 2020, uh, as crazy as that is to, to say, um, you've had some updates on your end in terms of your physical space and yes. uh, 
Yeah, for lack of better phrasing. Um, Talk to us about that. Well, um, a lot of a lot of companies use what's referred to as a 3PL, which is a third-party logistics partner, which is basically an offsite warehouse that warehouses your products and ships your products. And we found ourselves in a situation um, in fourth quarter where we needed to make to find someplace new very quickly. Um, so we just decided <laughs> to take the leap and find a warehouse in my town of Indianapolis. And we found one in like five days and <laughs> we moved in the next week. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. And the guy who it's like a family owned business park that we're in. And like, I know now I know anyway, the owners and it's this really cool kind of vibe down there. There's like a brewery down the street and um there's a jungle gym place next door i don't know it's just it's just really cool and i don't think that we ever ever imagined that we would have like our own warehouse and office facility um but now that we do it's like it makes sense it feels like we should have done it you know all along because we're in complete control of our stuff now you know so two questions then. Mm-hmm. Question one is, do you, and it sounds like you do, granted this is all in its infancy still, so maybe mm-hmm. it's a TBD, but do you feel more of a connection to or or compassion for the local business community now that you're physically part of it in terms of having you know warehouse space there where you didn't before? And then question two is, I see you have a time turner around your neck. Is that how you're doing all of this? Because yes. this sounds like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's my Alex and Annie time turner. Yes, I am using it all the time. And, you know, pretty soon I'm going to look really freaked out like Hermione did. Um, um, You know, I think I grew up, I'm a, a fourth generation business owner. My great, great grandma had her own greenhouses um, of women business owners. And we are now a majority women business owned business. Um, which we just made official um, as of January 1. So that's really exciting. Um, And, you know, so I always felt um, or understood that local business community perspective, but definitely it gives me like, okay, now we have roots here. Now I can really try to start getting more involved in the community, you know, because my, my business partner, one of my business partner, Ted, he lives in, you know, out by Seattle. And Tracy, our creative director, she's in Ohio and I'm in Indiana. So we didn't really feel like we had that space. And our and our warehouse formerly was outside of Chicago. So now it's like, now, you know, it's here. And it's, it's great to have that. Um, it's really great to have that space. It's harder. We work a lot more, obviously. Um, I'm not working from home anymore. So I'm, I'm going down to the office all the time and putting in hours there. Um, but it feels better. You know, it feels good. Do you feel that with the move to having your own warehouse space, like what do you see for the future of conquest journals? Like, do you have plans? Do you want to expand or are you still not sure since it's so new? Well, yeah, yeah, it's so, (laughs) it's so new. Um, You know, I think right now we're just trying to, we'd really like to get to a point where we don't feel like we're always behind with our product development and manufacturing. And since we're more and more in control of our own destiny, where that comes from, um, we're able to plan it out more. That being said, I think one of the advantages is being as small as we are, that we can see like, oh, this looks like a trend. Let's make that. And, you know, I think other bigger organizations, they have to look, you know, two years out. They've, you know, and we're like, no, we feel like doing this. Okay, everybody, we're going to do this now instead. And so that's that's cool. So we kind of are, <laughs> we fly a little bit by the seat of our pants. So I can't say we have like a, like a, a path definitely planned out, but um, we want to continue to grow. We want to 
continue to um, even add more licenses. We have uh, another license we're going to be able to announce really soon, um, hopefully. And, you know, we want to be able to add more, obviously more distribution. I mean, that's how, that's how we're going to get bigger. You know, we need to, we have our, our, our family and our business, and now we have a warehouse and, you know, we have a director of ops, we have people to, you know, support and everything. So we're just going to try to keep expanding that. And if we grow out of this warehouse space, great. Um, yeah, it's, you know, we took my, my mom, um, there for the first time, she lives in a retirement community here in town now. And we took her to see it last weekend for the first time. And she was like, this is so impressive. And it was so wonderful for her to say, but then she goes, ah, how long is it going to take you to sell all this stuff? And I was like, oh, (laughs) we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We hope not too long. Thanks mother. (laughs) Moms. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, it was a wonderful moment, but then it was also like, Oh, Oh yeah. (laughs) Speaking for Steven, he would like you to add a court of thorns and roses IP as a future consideration with Hulu. We're we're thinking bigger than that. Don't go for the series, go for the author. Oh, Get Sarah all Hamer. licensing right. Get all licensing rights for all of her properties, not just uh, the one series. No, no, I know. I'm I'm obsessed with her. Uh, my daughter is. Um, although we're now reading, we haven't started Crescent City, but we're now reading Jennifer Armand Trout. So also really good. Is that a book recommendation on this episode? Yes, it is. It is. Um, the series starts with, oh my gosh. I, I can see the book cover in my head right now. It's Jennifer Armand Trout. And it's like, everybody is going to, who's listening to this going to be like, you know, flesh of blah, blah, blah. It's flesh sure. of something, but it's really good. Listeners, when you're listening to this episode, help us out. Just comment on the episode on Instagram. Let us know. Let <laughs> Danny know, not me, because I won't remember. It's the Blood and Ash series. Thank you for Blood and Ash. It's not flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Flesh, ash, whatever. Whatever. It's very similar. Yes. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. Google. (laughs) Thank you, Google. Oh, that's it's really good too. We really love that. So we kind of jumped from uh, Sarah J. Moss over to that and we're digging it too. Well, I'll add that to my list. I'm finishing Throne of Glass and then (gasps) headed to Crescent City since the new one comes out as of recording tomorrow. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. We were going to do Crescent City as well. And it took me too long to finish up the last Jennifer Armand Trout. So my daughter was annoyed. So <laughs> you see yourselves still heading to conventions since that is kind of where you guys, well, that is where you guys started. So it's funny. You should mention that um, the supernatural conventions put on by creation entertainment um, are really the only ones we do anymore. And we haven't done any of them. The last one we did, you guys was like March 8th of 2020. It was literally like five days before the shutdown. Right. Um, And we were all kind of in Vegas and freaked out. Yeah, it was. So they're going to Vegas again at the beginning of March. And I just, I'm just not ready to hop into Las Vegas yet. You know, it's a big jump. So they're, they're actually having an Indianapolis convention um, the first weekend in April. So that's the first one that we're going to be at since it's like my hometown and, you know, um, our friends are going to come in for it and, you know, Ted will be here. So we'll have lots of help and we'll be able to just, you know, drive our stuff downtown from our warehouse, which is amazing. Um, so funny story, how we have to get our product <laughs> Because it's too expensive to have the hotels accept your your boxes. And it's too expensive to use like the convention drage services, right? So, I mean, Ted and I have done so many crazy things. But what we usually do is we ship FedEx to a FedEx office because they don't, they, they don't charge you. I mean, they don't charge a receiving or holding fee. It's just the FedEx shipping ground charges. And then we rent a van and go pick it up. And we save, you know, probably a thousand bucks doing that. So we've done that before. Actually, when we used to do New York Comic Con, we did that that in New York City. And we tricked an SUV Uber driver to pick us up. 
<laughs> he was like parked on the street in downtown Manhattan and we're shoving boxes in the back of his truck. And he was like, what's happening? And we're like, oh, just another minute. We've got five more boxes. Yeah. The things we have done to get our stuff to conventions is, is pretty crazy. But so Indianapolis, I think, is a good one to start with. And then we'll see how it goes from there. The thing about conventions, they really take us out of the office and out of running the business. We're so small that we're the ones, you know, running it. So if we're at a four-day convention or out of the office for like four or five days, the, everything kind of stops, you know? So, yeah. I'm curious if over the past two years now of this just delightful global pandemic, right, your thoughts, as you said, somewhat in jest, right? You kind of just do this as you go. And there's not a ton of forethought, although there, are, there is, right? We, yeah. Listeners, it, that was a joke to some extent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously buying a warehouse impacts a lot of, you know, operational decisions, certainly. But I'm curious from a creative perspective, how how your how your mindset has shifted over the past couple of years, if at all. Yeah. Um, well, ironically, the pandemic hit about the same time when we were actually having um, a huge challenge in our business with um, with our with the pricing from the factories and with um, our house planners um, that we made and they they didn't sell as well as we had hoped um, and we kind of had on the docket to make some school agendas um, that we were hoping that hot topic would pick up and when they part of the problem when you're selling wholesale is you're making stuff and retailers won't necessarily commit before you actually go to production. And you can't wait because then you miss your cycle or your opportunity or whatever. So we were going to make these school agendas and, and Hot Topic was going to take a really small, uh, you know, a pretty small buy. And we all talked about it. And then the pandemic hit and we we're like, wait a minute. We don't even know if there's going to be a school year this year. Right. So again, and that's another reason why it's really good to be agile. I really loved those agendas and it broke my heart. And I had to be, I had to be like talked out of doing them. Like, you know, Shelly, we don't know what school is going to look like. And, you know, especially when you love your products so much, it's like, oh, I don't want to not make these. I don't want to not make, we even had pre-production samples already. And we said, no, we're going to nix it. And we're going to find something that we can buy in some smaller quantities and sell direct because retailers are shutting down everywhere and things that we can put on Amazon. And that's when, and I had already been to the national stationery show in New York that prior January and saw that notepads were really on the rise as far as a new stationery trend. And so we decided to try notepads and we were able to do that. We decided to try them in March. We had them hitting our store by May. And that's, you know, and I had them originally, I had them like printed here in town at a local printer before we went to a big factory and whatnot. So, you know, I think that the pandemic, it did change what we were doing, but we change what we're doing frequently. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's how we, that's how, that's how we're able to be so responsive and come up with things that other people haven't done before. We're like, okay, notepads. And that was absolutely a great move. The other thing that we did, um, probably since I've talked to you guys, is really launched the decal business. And that has been incredible. That was all Ted's idea. He was like, you know, do you know how many decals people sell on Amazon? He's like, do you know how many decals people sell on Amazon? And a lot of them were unlicensed. And so we we jumped in the market. Um, Warner Brothers has been super supportive um, of, you know, helping us to monitor the unlicensed um, infringers on Amazon. And we're able to launch our, you know, decal packs with great success. So it's like that small, inexpensive, those notepads, those decals. Those are the great things that allow us to be able to make the bigger things like the photo album and the travel journal that are a lot more expensive. And, um, you know, they sell slower than the small $10 items. Right. So. I will say it was a great choice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yay. I know I love it. I am a notepad addict. Also, <laughs> one of your, um, I think we commented on, I commented on one of your Facebook posts on this one, but the first description line of your decal pack is if sarcasm is your love language for the snarky decal pack. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that uh, is one of my favorites. (laughs) All your sets. We had such a great time making the snarky decal pack as our like first really unlicensed thing. That's just us. And all of us were throwing out our favorite, like snarky things to say. And, um, you know, like the one, the one decal, um, my GPA won't matter when I'm in hell. Like I put that decal all over my son's package. Cause he's in college and sent that to him. You know, I mean, I think those they're just awesome. And there are some of our favorite phrases and sayings. It's like, what do we want to decorate our water bottles with this, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I love those decals. <laughs> they, it's amazing to me. Like, cause like stickers were never something I was into and I'm still not into, like I have some and they mm-hmm. end up like on my bulletin board. Cause I'm also like, well, I like it. I don't want to stick it somewhere, but people <laughs> love decals. People love de- It's crazy. And that's, a, that's another thing that's kind of funny because at this point, um, our decals are all just through us and through, and through Amazon, you know, Amazon prime, um, the retailers, you know, I reach out to them. I go, you guys, these are like guaranteed sellers, seriously. And we can't really figure out why they're not. I mean, can you imagine the Harry Potter decals at checkout at, you know, books a million or Barnes? And- you just put it right by that cash register. They'll go, they'll go. They'll I've got books that way, which are more expensive than stickers. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I don't think they'd be able to keep them stocked, but you know, whatever, you know, I, yeah, I just keep trying and, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're so happy though. We're so happy with their success and we love making them too. They're so fun. And when I get a new decal pack, I'm like, ah, and I redo my laptop and then I take a bunch of pictures. Yeah. I didn't mean to scream into your podcast. You're okay. You're excited about your product. That that is a good sign for any business owner <laughs> that you're still excited about the things you are creating. Yeah. It well, you know, uh, to go back to that school agenda story, we took the supernatural school agenda, and that's what just now became our undated agenda. So we were able to make it after all. Two years later, but you know we had the murder board design basically all laid out. We, she just had to, you know, resize it and zhuzh it up a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, I still love, I I get when we get our samples in or when I see the artwork, Tracy's working on our 2023 planner now, Wow. which I'm, I'm pretty sure that all of the other planner companies made theirs like last summer. So that shows you how we do things. (laughs) whatever. Um, so anyway, she's just finishing it up and I am so excited for this planner. I cannot even tell you. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. So when I see it and there's another super secret product that I can't tell you guys about yet, but that's going to launch really soon. And how can I put this? When I got it out of the package and used it, is that the right way to say it? I, I, I took pictures and I told Tracy that I got goosebumps and, you know, we worked on that for like three months, but see it. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about now. I'm so excited for it. It's just the coolest thing ever. And, um, yeah, totally new, something we've never done before. And I am so excited for it. And I hope, I really hope everybody loves it as much as we do because, um, it's really cool. Is there an estimated release of the super secret project? Well, I have been constantly messaging Ted over the last few days because I have our production schedule and I'm like, I don't know when this is landing. When is this landing? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll check. I'm like, oh, my God, because I really want to, you know, I really want to start teasing it, but I don't want to do it too soon. Yeah. And I don't want to. They're like, oh, go ahead and show it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't show it until people can order it. You lose all the buzz around it. You know, mm-hmm. all the excitement. People want to order it right then when they see it. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So I'm not very patiently waiting for it. Well, and based on the success of this one, then other other versions are already approved and ready to go if this one is successful. Danny, do you have any idea? Because I don't. I, in my head, I'm just going, Paula will post about it at some point. Well, sure. <laughs> I'm like, Paula's going to make some cute reel about it. But... Oh, I know. Oh, Paula is the best. Oh, my God. I am so fortunate. I say to Ted all the time, thank God she does all the plan with me's because like I literally, I, I do my planner every week as well, but I don't always spend the time to sit there and record it. Like I just do it at my desk real quick and then I'm ready to go. Right. And I'm like, she is just fantastic because she does a plan with me every week and I can repost it. Yay. Yeah. She does her work for you. We're good. She does. It's, it's very wonderful. I appreciate her very much. I keep sending her product here, Paula. If you want to use it, feel free here. <laughs> yeah. You look like you had a comment, Stephen. No, it's like a riddle. Not, not like a riddle. It is a riddle. He's, when he's trying you to figure use it, out. it, I got goosebumps. And if it goes well, well, other. Hmm. Hmm. Have you guys been? Have you guys been seeing my um, reels recently? I've seen Danny, some defi- of them. Danny definitely has. I only watch TikToks for cats, and I don't really even know how to access reels on Instagram. So I totally understand. It's okay, Danny. I've been talking about, let's see, what can I tell you? It's going to be in, it's, it's in the lobby. It's in the lobby. Okay. So now I'm going to be like staring at it, going through. I know, I know, I know. Oh my God. What did I show? I'm like, okay, you won't get it. You won't get it from the reels. Cause I was, I was pretty careful and it doesn't go on a shelf. Oh, that makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should really write a riddle and see who can guess. You should just have a riddle posted and see if anyone guesses your new product before you, like two days before you start sharing photos. Just do a, a riddle like similar to in Sorcerer's Stone with the potion yeah. bottles. Yes. Just like rip yes. off a page of like a yes. notepad each day with a yes. different clue. Yes. Yes. Leading up a week of leading up and people, especially Ravenclaws would be like, do you know what this is? Do you have any idea? I'm but the the problem is I don't know that I'm sneaky enough. I feel like I'd probably like give it away on like day two or even day one. Like oh blah blah blah. I'll have to run it by Tracy, she, our our creative director, because she'll be like, no, Shelly, you can't say that. And I'll be like, oh. you just need one of those people that has those minds that will be yeah. like, no, that'll give it away. Oh, my son's a Ravenclaw. I'll have him help me. People I'll be like, them. I'll be like Joe. I need four riddles for this new product. And yeah. they each have to stand alone for four yes. days. Yeah. Yeah. He's an engineer. He'll be able to figure oh, it out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we are excited to see what is to come. Yeah. I just, I think that we did a lot of really big projects last year with the, the photo album, the travel journal, the new hardback journals. Um, um, and now we're looking at, of course, we're keeping the planners going, of course, of course. Um, but I think one of our goals is to make things in like all price ranges, obviously. And another goal, and this is also a clue in the riddle, our, the thing that makes me happiest is to be as immersed in the world as I can be and like living a Harry Potter life. That's kind of our, you know, that's our goal. It's not, it's not, you know, well, we have to make, you know, a new photo album or we have to do this or we have to do that. It is living that Harry Potter life. What can we make to make you feel like you're more in the world? (laughs) (laughs) So with your IP, do you just have Harry Potter and not Fantastic Beasts? We do have Fantastic Beasts and we did, you know, when we try a a new license, we start with decals because they're Mm -hmm. cheap and they're a guaranteed seller, right? They're going to sell. So just like everything, we started with decals, Fantastic Beasts and the, and the, the problem, and they just, 
you know, um, we did friends decals and they're starting to pick up some steam. We did Rick and Morty decals and those are getting stronger. I mean, Rick and Morty is probably only going to be a decal business because, you know, um, I don't think that the Rick and Morty crowd is really a journaling crowd. Right. I mean, that's my son's crowd. So he's not going to, he's not going to carry around a pickle Rick journal. He's just not going to. So, but he'll put a decal on his water bottle or whatever. Um, so Fantastic Beasts, it's a, it's, it's tragic because they have the most beautiful assets, you guys. I mean, the artwork is outstanding. And I feel like they were given more, that Warner Brothers was probably given more license with, with uh, creativity with the Fantastic Beasts piece of it. Um, so it's like you almost want to make stuff, but just to use that beautiful art, but if you put the fantastic beast moniker on it, it's, it's not going to sell as well. Yeah. So, you know, and we have to, with the size that we are, we can't afford to make something that's not going to move. You know, Um, we've talked about in the past, we had talked about doing a fantastic beast planner. Um, We had actually um, designed, we designed some field journals because they have some great assets like showing newts, um, animal creature notes really cool but you know they didn't get approved and we were like okay we're not going to keep grinding that wheel because we don't think we don't know that there's a market for them anyway unfortunately and it's been such a long time in between movies it's kind of like how doctor who slowly loses fans because it just takes forever to get the next thing yeah yeah well plus i mean look at what they did yeah that too (laughs) I mean, there's other things, but there's been so much time in between the last two seasons that yep. we're just I'm like, now we're still waiting. We're like, when are you going to announce the next doctor? I, I know. I know. I know. I feel the same way about Dr. Who. And I, I did not stick with it through Capaldi. I did, I think the first season and then I dropped off like, you know, 90% of the fans did, but, um, um, for fantastic beasts, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the Dumbledore movie. I'm really excited about it. Um, Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm really, I, I, I hope that that will kind of revive that piece of the franchise a little bit. Um, Going with cautiously optimistic. That is my phrase. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Cautiously optimistic. I, I feel like, and I don't know if this is going to be super controversial um, because I just reread the books over and over again. So I finished the series. It's like my nighttime like go to sleep comfort read. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I s- finish, I just start over again. And one thing um, I'm on order of the Phoenix and it just drives me crazy because I really wish that we did have some of the books from Dumbledore's perspective. You know, what the heck was he doing? What was he thinking? I mean, what? And, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, he was probably really busy trying to figure out what was going on with, you know, Voldemort, but yeah, I just so I'm I'm hoping and I, I'm thinking that a lot of Harry Potter fans are going to hope that we get some insight into Dumbledore's um, character a little bit more with this movie. I think that's that's what's compelling about it, maybe, you know. And Jude Law. Well, <laughs> and Jude Law. Just yeah. throwing it out there. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I love those memes. Like. <laughs> Going from Jude Law to Richard Harris. <laughs> like, like, what happened? <laughs> like, a pandemic probably happened. <laughs> Some pandemic happened that we're not aware of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. One oh. more question in regards to your planners. Mm-hmm. Have you felt a need to adapt them in any way when the switch happened to virtual learning? No, because I feel like our planners are enough of an open canvas that people can use them however they want. Um, when we first, when we first, when I first wanted to get into the planner business, um, I looked at and did research on all of the various planner formats. And I knew that I wanted to be able to do decorative planning with it. And I knew that the most popular layout of 
for that type of hobby is the vertical format with the three boxes. Um, I wanted us to be as compatible with the big guys as we could be. So if people were, and we've, you know, we've changed, we've changed our like box sizes over the years. We took away the lines from the bottom. We've been doing various different things to make it more and more adaptable to all of the different planner companies and accessories, you know, because we want anybody to be able to use them. Um, one of my friends said, you know, what if I don't want to have Harry Potter, you know, for all the weeks of the year? And I'm like, well, I feel like you could decorate our pages with anything. They're not so Harry Potter that you can't adapt them, I guess. So I don't know. Um, so I think from what I've seen, and we do have, um, we do have people ask us for teacher planners and academic planners. And I sure wish we could make all of those. And we, and we talk about, I mean, my daughter's a teacher, right? So, um, but we talk about how the Harry Potter fans are a niche and the planner community of Harry Potter fans is a niche within the niche. And the, the teachers that are Harry Potter fans fans that are planners are a niche within a niche within a niche. And I know there's a market for it, but the big guys do so great with the teacher planners. And there are a lot of big ones out there. And it's like, you know, that'd be a really big investment for our size company. Um, So someday, I hope we can grow big enough someday where we say, oh, we have so many teachers who would love this. Let's do it. That would be my dream for us to be able to, to do some of those other products that right now we just can't afford to invest in well just start small now that you're officially an indianapolis local business yeah right find some montessori or school system or whoever right and become the official local provider and that gets some buzz and the indianapolis dispatch career journal and (laughs) you know next thing you know you're regional next thing you know you're across the state yeah, the Midwest, the whole country, it's, the it's world. It's that easy. It's just yeah. like, why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what have I been doing? I don't know. I've been spinning my wheels trying to get in, you know, Barnes and Noble. What the heck? Every every time we have a small business, or in this case, much bigger than small business on the podcast, I give out free ideas, and every time <laughs> I look, could you not? I've had multiple people come back and say, I took that idea and that's a product we're launching next month. And it's maybe not necessarily something that has to go through a full warehouse. And it's usually something that's done in their living room late at night. They craft. <laughs> so like a little bit different economy of scale, yeah. but Hey. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're only talking about a, you know, 15, $20,000 investment to do that with the Pocket school. Change. So, you know what? Good <laughs> change. If you start charging, if you start charging Paula for all the things you're sending her, you can make that in like a month. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Paula's gonna quit the podcast for him giving that advice right now. I know, I know. I'll never I'll never stop sending her stuff. No, we we love Paula. We love Paula. She's so awesome. She's so awesome. I just love, I really, I really love the Instagram Harry Potter community. Like I didn't, you know when I started following you guys and, you know, Paula and uh, Karina and Megan and everybody, I was like, look at all these fun people. Oh, they're so cool. Look, you know, like living the Harry Potter life. And then, and they've been so accepting and kind and generous and supportive. It's just been so awesome. We are so lucky. We are so lucky that we got to know all you guys or that I got to know all you guys. I really appreciate it. I don't think there's any, I mean, Ted and I have talked before, and of course we want to diversify and add other, other licenses, but there's nothing like Harry Potter out there. I mean, yeah, the community is very specific. It is. Not, not to deflate that incredibly sweet sentiment, but I do know in the recesses of my mind that the paper is the Indianapolis star. Um, I'm not sure why it took me about 10 seconds in my head to get to it, but listeners rest assured. I got to it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, I regularly see people in the parks with your things getting pictures. (laughs) That makes me so happy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just, I just, um, it is, you know, so it's good to, it's good to see the Instagram community um, loving on us and sharing that because, you know, when I'm out there in, in the real world and, you know, I, I pitch them the decals or I pitch something else and they go, mm, that's not for us. And I'm like, oh, I mean, there's a lot of rejection in the business. So <laughs> it's wonderful to have our friends. We love seeing your product in the parks and in bookstores, and we may or may not move your product to the front of things in bookstores. <laughs> Thank we, you. We also love seeing your products online. Insert plug for where online people can find your products here. Conquestjournal.com. We have a specific link to our Harry Potter shop on the homepage. I'm just going to be obsessively refreshing the website for the next like year until the Sarah J Moss section comes up. And then it's just going to be one of everything. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I mean, because the the ACOTAR got optioned for a TV series and it's not even in development yet. It's still in like pre 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 production. So it's going to be a while, but there's there. I know. I know. I know. And it's, What's funny about her books is they came out, some of them came out back in like 2015. Like, but you know, I mean, George R. R. Martin's books came out in the 80s. I mean, you know. um, Yeah. Yes. But it's just like all of a sudden, like, I really hadn't heard of her. I had heard of like 1% read it. And then all of a sudden, everyone, I I I blame Rachel. (laughs) I blame Rachel. Rachel also through friends of hers got me into this like Instagram read along group for house of sky and breath where there's going to be like sub Instagram message groups and like chats. And my style is to stay up until I finish the book the day I get it. So I don't know how I'm going to do with pacing myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to, we're going to try. Are you going to give it a try? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't. Well, I see, I attended her live stream the other night. Oh, Rachel had a live stream where she and two friends were discussing uh, House of Earth and Blood, the first book in Crescent City. And I followed the two other people. I'm not sure why we're talking about this on the podcast. We can cut all this out. (laughs) Um, I have questions. Go ahead. I have questions. Go ahead. And one of them put in her story, like, uh, would anyone be interested in a read-along group or whatever? And I was like, sure, why not? And then I got thrown into this very intense message group um where there's a lot of people and some people ordered four copies one's the collector edition one's the limited edition one's the travel edition and one's their personal reader copy (laughs) and look i've got like 400 harry potter books behind this wall i get it (laughs) but it's like holy crap yeah yeah and i do i do the same thing but i usually do a kindle version and a hardback version and then if there's a signed version i may do that too so I may do I may do three, but and occasionally audio. Well, yeah, yes, and that depends on the book, and mm-hmm. and I will and the narrator. I will admit that Midnight Sun is one of those books that that happened for me. I whatever, um, but <laughs> Ready Player One is mine. I have it on all formats. I have Ready Player One audio and um, Kindle, but I didn't ever get an actual book copy. Isn't that strange? I just now thought about. Okay, so going back to Crescent City, how does that how does that compare from a likability perspective to Akatar or Throne of Glass? I'll give my perspective, Danny. Then you can. Well, you haven't read Crescent City, have you? I've started it. Okay, so it's a very different read. Throne of Glass and Akatar feel of similar aesthetics because they're both fairly medieval mm-hmm. uh, in terms of setting. Uh, they both have a similar plot. I think the difference, is, the biggest difference is Crescent City is set in like fairly modern times. Mm. It's a city with skyscrapers and it, it it almost reads to me like a Dublin kind of like there's an old sit part of the city and you know, it, mm-hmm. so that's a big difference. Um, I think the other thing I would say, well, that, yeah, it's, it's modern. Like the, whole, See, the, 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 the protagonist is like a party girl and oh. you get a lot more depth about her as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the whole premise of the book is this party girl thrust into a thing rather than a girl of fate who comes from a village or comes from a prison, you know? Um, so yeah. Danny? Think about that. Cause I really like the fantasy aesthetic. I like is more of that medieval aesthetic. 
Um, my daughter and I are rereading um, the His Fair Assassin series from Robin Lefevre. Have you guys book to add to the list? Damn it! I can't. Uh, I can't keep buying books. His Fair Assassin is the series. Um, they are uh, the saint or the god of death. They're his handmaidens, Saint Mortain. It's so interesting because they're assassins and they're but it's like fantasy um yeah those are really good books so we're rereading those right now um and i really like this so i don't know if i'm i haven't read fantasy in a modern more modern aesthetic it doesn't read dystopian does it no okay good okay good well i'll give it a try because i do love her and you know, I read all the dystopian books and then I was like, I don't think I ever want to read dystopian again, you know? Yeah, it's it inches closer to like the capital district of Hunger Games mm-hmm. than a lot of things just because it's a very polished city and there's mm-hmm. castes and there's this subgroup that lives on the outskirts and you don't mess with them, you know? And Yeah, but, but it's it's not like it, it's the story seems to be unfolding in a very similar trope to the other, to Akatar and Throne of Glass, okay. but just set in a completely different, different manner, setting. you know, tweaking okay. kind of some of the, the different pulleys of what makes the protagonist so compelling. That's interesting. Okay. From what I've read, I would agree with that. And I think that might be why I haven't got, it's been harder to get into it yep, because I do. T- yeah. That one took me the longest to get into it's of also- like the three series. A lot wordier, like in a way of like comparing like how Harry Potter reads to how Lord of the Rings reads. Oh, not as not as crazy as Lord of the Rings, but like a bit. It's, yeah, it's you, you could kill someone with the first Crescent City book. Okay, yeah, like there, there's 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 a lot of meat to it, and so it that it was, it was like I started reading it at night, and I'm like, this is a lot for right before well, bed. Well, you know, well because. Throwing a glass, the first couple of books she wrote when she was like a teenager. Right. Like she, so, you know, that one matures in terms of the writing quality as you go. Mm-hmm. Akatar is kind of like the magnum opus. Right. Um, this one, it, it's great. It just, it, it is jarring how different it's, it's, look, there are, st- there are so many things where I'm texting with our friend Rachel where I'm like, Oh my God, this thing that happened in chapter seven, that's just like from Akatar. It's the exact, you know, different yeah. world and different interpretation of how it happens, but the, it's the exact same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of that. So there yeah. are tethers to like what you love about the other two that okay. better there. Okay. Well, and I think we're going to give it a try anyway, just because, you know, it's Sarah J. Moss, but um, I gave Haley, I think that's my daughter, I gave her the most recent Robin Lefevre book and the, assassin series like last fall so she was like i want to reread and read this book so i'm just rereading with her before we hop on to crescent city so, yeah, i have to read crescent city because if you're going to have the license you better understand all the i know i better <laughs> i better have them all right we're, we're Unless, speaking this into existence right now i know i know and the I more we guys, say it the more likely it's going to happen i want you guys to take notes about any journals or notebooks that any of the characters might use. I can't recall any being oh. used. But that's that's where that's where we love to um dig in. Like- yeah, see, I think I, I think the issue, well, not the issue, but the especially with Akatar, it's it's a lot heavier on the color aesthetics and mm-hmm. like the, the the geographic vibes, and that's how mm-hmm. you build you know, physical asset. Mm-hmm. Elaine might be a journaler. We don't Elaine, her. Yeah. She seems but, like the type. Yeah. And then certainly in Throne of Glass as well, it's a lot more of the magic plays a lot heavier in Throne mm-hmm. of Glass than does in Akatar. Right. And so for that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fire and ice and yeah. wind, and those certainly have their own. Well, Shelly, thank you again for coming back and joining us. This was so much fun to catch up. Thank you so much for having me. So let me ask this. This is actually a great question because okay. I, I am so ignorant of how to actually get my life in order in many different forms. Okay. As I am moving into my new house in mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks here, um, I am going to have a lot of different things going on, be it my normal nine to five job, 
this podcast that Danny keeps throwing on my plate every, every other night. It's your fault. Um, it really is her fault. Um, and then just the, the litany of unpacking and projects and things around the house. Is there anything you'd recommend of yours, of course, not of other people's because we, we don't promote the competition that would, that would help me keep myself sane over the next handful of months? Yes, I would absolutely say that you should get a travel journal because as an undated planner in it, it has weeks and months. And then it also has a line journal for all of your notes. So you just, and it comes with binder clips. So you binder clip your note page, you binder clip your, your planner page and all, and it's like this big to-do list. It's perfect. So you could use the to-do list for like work and then you could use, you know, this one for your move or what have you. I'll send you one. See, this is where we get into the psychology of Stephen, which is, I think it's helpful for the listeners and for you and for everyone. Maybe it's helpful for nobody and we end up cutting this as well. But, um, you know, I had the classic planner in middle school and high school and it was just anathema to me because it was always things that your parents had to sign or assignments that you didn't want to do because you wanted to go play with your friends. And yeah. Then I had a job that was not my favorite job and I had an end date finally. And instead of having a normal countdown on my phone or on a computer with like an app, I just took sticky notes and I wrote the number on like 255. That was the number, 255 stickies and just pulled them each day. So like that's where I'm coming from, from like an organizational planning perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. our soul. Danny, you knew me on the back end of that. You may remember those. I know, but that just hurts. I do I remember it because I would get I updates. Yeah. But it's I know. No, this is small. It's not. It's not very big. Um, Ted uses it. He's not. Ted's not going to use one of our big heavy spiral planners, but he will use this, and this is what he's carrying with him now, and what he's using to plan. Um, so when I say that, I mean, only a very small portion of it is really reserved for like scrapbooking. You don't even have to use that booklet. It's just a great journal to carry around and keep all your stuff in. And there's a little zipper pouch in the back that you can put all of your receipts and stuff from your move to take off on your taxes later. Well, I will for sure be going to Conquest Journals on Instagram, conquestjournals.com to check that out and to buy some more fun things. Cause like, Hey, this house is going to be very aesthetically pleasing and fandom themed. So yes. like putting different little, you know, like in the guest room, having like a little notepad there, like at yep. a hotel, you know, yep. lots of, lots of different things. Oh. And assuming neither of us is dead by the end of that stay, we'll both gladly enjoy. <laughs> you know what? It you may get what? turned into the, the guest book you sign at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if you guys had it, if you had a joint funeral, I'd make sure to send a photo album that you could use. Oh, that's so kind. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> the funeral is catered by McKilton's Pub on 15th. That's and right. the paper products are supplied by Conquest Journals. Oh, that's so, yeah, exactly. I'd have a little sign. There you go. Of, I, QR code to your site. Yeah, yeah. Conquestjournal.com. Exactly. Oh. Any opportunity. And, and the special code is like, like oh, something... I I'll put a QR code on it. C CMP funeral. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, get a discount. <laughs> oh God. All right. Uh, Danny in the episode. <laughs> That's so disturbing and funny and I love it. <laughs> I'm curious, Danny, one of the things that came up during this conversation, and I believe from last time we spoke with Shelly too, is that she's a fourth generation business owner. If you had your own business that sold a tangible product, right? Like, like an actual, something you can hold in your hand, sell in a store, not like a podcast, right? Um, what would you, what would you be a purveyor of? You already know this, but it, it's kind of morphed because I showed my mom the building I'm in love with this weekend. Not that she supports me opening anything. I would have a bookstore, but it would also have like a wine bar. So we'd get our alcohol license and liquor license with the bookstore. You're giving me would, a it, would it be called Clams Corner? No. More creative than that. Corner of Clams? Clams have nothing to do with books. They have everything to do with you, though. You're the owner of the bookstore, though. I am, but I would love to have my own bookstore that did, like, book groups and random events. And it was, like, a place for people to meet up and not just go and buy books, but to, like, engage with each other. That is correct. So, what business uh, would you open? 
I don't know. I thought of this question midway through the conversation and I've not been able to come up with an answer. Well, if you don't have an answer, I'm putting you to work and you can handle like coffee or something of the stuff I don't know in the bookstore. Well, no, look, I'd be damn good at coffee. We would just contract out to Duncan and it'd be the best coffee shop in the state of Florida. <laughs> I am very particular, hard as maybe to believe for anybody who knows me or has seen my home. My home is neat. Let me be clear about that. Um, I can say that. It's a very different type of neat from how I organize my desk when I'm in an office. I would, I don't know exactly what shape it would take, but I would come up, I, I would have some form of a very aesthetically pleasing, tailored, clean, like desk organizer. And it wouldn't just be one of those stupid, like trio of shelves that you put, that you put manila folders on now. Like, and, the in and out baskets gotta go yeah no like i don't know how to explain exactly what i want but i am look i haven't been at a desk in an office since february of 2020 but i am very particular about how my desk feels and so i would have something like that which is a very niche thing and a terrible business to open um because it's not super applicable to a lot of people i understand that um but in terms of the product that's the first product that came to mind maybe not the best business idea but certainly the the first product i could think of the other thing i could think of something i have said for years and i have to imagine it exists in some way shape or form um i am a consumer of essential oils thanks to a uh, ex-girlfriend of mine from college who loved them and that's one of the few things along with years of depression that stuck from that relationship um So I do not say this judgmentally, but generally speaking, essential oils seem to be catered more towards stereotypically uh, female scent preferences. I would agree. Uh, Lavender, eucalyptus, other floral scents, et cetera. I've always said, how cool would it be to have essential oils that smell like chocolate chip cookies or bacon or coffee or like a nice steak? Like things that are more stereotypically male sense. Chocolate chip cookies. Obviously, look, I love lavender essential oils are things that I love more than anything in life. I am not. This is not Stephen becomes weirdly sexist at the end of the episode. Not what we're doing here. Essential oils that had just like very everyday comfort sense like that, I think would just fly off the shelves. I would love a mashed potatoes scent. Right? Like, like homemade mashed potatoes in your house, like Thanksgiving morning when you wake up and you just smell that. It's just comfort. Right? Like biscuits. Oh my God. Movie theater popcorn, not for everybody. Something I love. Oh my God. It, that, that's what I would do. Do you have a creative shout out for the day? I don't. I forgot entirely. That's okay. I'll shout us out. We had 100 episodes. How does it feel? I know. Crazy. We hit 100. That's a lot of us. Here's to 100 more. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It took us almost, well, it took us just over two years to hit 100. So you have to commit to two more years. Yeah, but that makes perfect sense. You say that like it was a thing. No, because if we did one episode a week yeah, or two years... You're at 104 episodes. So, you know, I think we're, you know, considering we took some time, blah, 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 I think we're right on track. I had a shout out, but you kind of just stole it. I was going to shout out Muggle and Khakis because it's our 100th episode and you always get really excited when I start saying Muggle and you're like, oh, it's, and it's not you. It's never me. This time it's you. It's never me. It is you this time, sir. What's the, what's the catch? What's the trick? There's no catch. There's no trick. I am celebrating 100 episodes and your beautifully orchestrated Instagram account. Go follow Muggle and Khakis. Look, thank you, by the way. This is episode 100. And I think if you include a couple special episodes we did or many things, we're probably over 100. If you've been listening to any volume of our episodes and have not yet followed either of us, <laughs> What the hell are you doing? Like, I, not even in like a critical what's wrong with you way. I just don't understand. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like you, you put up with listening to us. It's much easier to 
consume our photos we post rather than listening. Like, obviously, of course, please. And thank you for following us. Like, if you're not following us at this point, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I I don't know, man. Thank you everyone for joining us for 100 episodes. We'll see you for 101 next week. Wow.